You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Do you think of yourself as a confident person? I do. Well, so what does that mean? What does it make you confident? Well, because I know something's going to happen, it changes my actions. Oh, well, I think the scripture says the same thing. Yeah. We have a confidence in Christ that affects how we live. Exactly. And we'll see that today in Hebrews 10 on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Well, good morning and welcome to our dining room table. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And this is More Than Ink. This is where we sit at the table and we invite you to be our guest. Be and, our guest. And study with us. We just saw a live performance <laughs> of Beauty and the Beast a couple of weeks ago. And that amazing performance. Be yeah. our guest where everything is dancing around in the dining room. which just, just stuck with us. And so that kind of comes to mind when we say come and enjoy yeah. sitting at the table with us and feasting on the good things that God so, has to so say. So we hope you feel like our guest because that's how we think and of it. All these promises of the good things that come to us in Christ, which is really what, what the writer of Hebrews has been talking about. So that's where we are. We're in the letter to the Hebrews. We mm-hmm, are now mm-hmm. in chapter 10. We're coming to the second half of the chapter 10 this morning. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, here we go. He turned a big corner here because we've been, I mean, for weeks we've been talking about uh, Moses and his law. Christ is superior to Moses, although Moses, you know, is identified with the first covenant, Jesus, the second covenant, but still they're both, you know, and then we've been talking about the, the connections between the sacrifices and the high priests and coming near to God, all these imagery about the temple and about life with God and God living in our midst and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what that was, but we'll just keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Strange sounds in the neighborhood, thus proving we are actually, we are actually at our, home at home in our dining room. So, so he's gone through all this stuff, all this imagery of the temple, and and after he's, he finished his uh, arguments last week about the superiority of, the, of this new sacrifice in Christ. Before that, he finishes talk about the superiority of Christ in terms of our high priest. I mean, all these pictures, mm-hmm. and now today, today he ties it all up. He ties all that discussion up in who Christ is in the context of what the Old Testament was trying to teach us. Right, because we've been talking about shadow or reality. Or reality. Right, right. and he says, therefore, because the shadow has been completely fulfilled, now we have the reality. Yeah, and, and he's been talking in shadow terms. He says, right. you know this shadow really well. Right. So it, you know should the picture. Be, it should be pointing you to Christ, and right. I'm making that last connection for you to the reality. So today in verse 19 of chapter 10, he does his conclusion about this long discussion at the I temple love and this. how it points us to Christ. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to mm. enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true mm. heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah, there we go. That's mm. his big conclusion paragraph. <laughs> because of the last 10 all chapters. these things are true. Because these things are true. Let us respond in these three ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and see, he did. He took us back to the temple. He, he did. says, so, you know, having confidence to enter the holy places. Right. That's the pictures of the places in the temple. We with got the, the blood of the sacrifice. The blood of, of the Jesus. sacrifice, which is what brings you into the presence mm-hmm. of God. But now through a superior sacrifice of the blood, taking you through the curtain that separated right. you from the Holy of Holies. Which he had talked about back in chapter six and seven. Right. So that was a big deal. And that pathway, the way through the curtain, through the veil is Jesus himself mm. and the blood of Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, I'm the way, the right. truth and the life. That's the way, the way into the presence of God. So that's clearly pictured in the Old Testament as you saw the, right. the blood dripped into the presence of God through the veil. Well, he said back in chapter three, he's the architect and the builder of everything and we yep. are the house of God and, and we he are the is house the of high God. priest yeah. over this great house of God. This great so, priest. It, because that's the reality. Yes. Let yes. us, let us, let us. So so with all <laughs> that behind us, with that, with that, the understanding of that, so now we can draw near with a true heart, not again, not a damaged mm-hmm. conscience from our sin you were talking about before, but a true heart mm-hmm. in full assurance, and here's the key word, of faith. Of faith. Yeah, and that'll be a that, that faith That's word is important. gonna be a big issue in just a moment here. So he's gonna segue to that next week. But but yeah, so now we can with full assurance, no doubts, not wondering like, you know, Aaron's sons who died right. because they went to the presence. Me right. dead because so, I'm not doing what he should right. do. Did I sacrifice mm-hmm. enough? Well, right. you didn't sacrifice enough. Jesus sacrificed enough for us. And so full assurance, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, <sighs> finally, and our bodies washed with pure water. So, so yes, now that's open to us. But now he's kind of, he's starting to move us to look forward from here. So, mm-hmm. so let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And because uh, he who promised is faithful. Okay, so we probably need to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, but this is where he turns to. We're looking forward now, right? And we have, and we, you know, in our hip pockets, we have this assurance because of what Christ has done for us. But now, as we look forward, something changes mm-hmm. in our in our attitudes and our actions. So, so let's consider how to stir up one another toward right. love and and a life that exhibits that love right and a life that looks forward to what he had talked about so much before the promised rest of god and uh and you remember he, he told us you remember when the israelites left egypt and they were going to the promised land they didn't get in because they didn't believe that god could actually take them in mm-hmm. so they were in this process of going from point a to point b but in the end they decided that maybe god right. can't we do don't it. believe god can do it but the people who got in eventually, the next generation, and also uh, Joshua and Caleb, they were the ones who stayed faithful. They they mm-hmm. held the faith about what God had promised and said, "I'm going to stand on what He says, and I'm putting my trust there." Mm-hmm. And uh, and well, because God had demonstrated to them all their lives that He was able to provide. He's for trustable, them, right? That generation yeah. that actually walked into the land were the ones who had grown up eating manna every day. Right. They had grown up drinking water that came to them out of a rock. Right. Uh, they had grown up seeing the glory the shekinah glory of god move over the tabernacle so it was an informed faith it was yes they they, their faith was resting on evidence that this god is present and he is providing yeah but at this point here he's he's kind of identifying with the christian community and the the jewish christian Mm -hmm. community because they're they're going through some troubles hard times 
persist. And so do we persist? Do we hold out to the end that God will bring us into this promised rest? Because he says there's still there still exists a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes at the end of life, basically. So Okay, but we have to fix here on the fact that the, if we're teaching people how to study this on their own, mm-hmm. it struck me as I was looking over this, this half chapter that there are, are places in this chapter where the writer puts things in groups of three. Yeah, and oh, this yeah. is the first one where he says, let us, let us, let us, he does. let us draw right. near, mm-hmm. let us hold fast and let us consider. Yes. Right. So those yes. are actions he's encouraging us to take on the basis of the reality of who Christ is and what he's done for yeah. us. That, that's why I say we're actually looking forward here. So now that we've got right. this whole basis put down there, then let us do these right. things. But what is he strongly encouraging us to do? Draw near in the full assurance of faith, Mm -hmm. understanding what Christ has done and believing it. Let us hold fast that confession of our hope. Well, uh, to hold fast to something means you cling to it. Cling to what? The confession, the speaking of our hope. Right. Saying the same thing God has said about us. Because he who promised is faithful. God yeah. will do what he said he would and, do. And that's what I mean about this promised rest. That's that hope. Right. And right. so the confession of that promised rest, that of that hope, we need to hold on to that. And, okay. And, and, and exhibit faith in clinging to that. And one way we do that is by gathering together as a Bingo. body in Bingo. our mutual confession. He says, let's consider, let's think about this. Let's... Yes. Think about ways to stir one another up to act on what is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that happens best when we are in fellowship, when we right. gather together and encourage one another, especially as things get harder and darker yeah, so, and the day draws so near. So that's the context of this mm-hmm. meeting together thing here in verses 24 and 25 mm-hmm. is that times are going to get tough. You need well, to encourage one another. This is particularly important for us, I think, right now coming out of this season of isolation. Oh, yeah from COVID. Yeah. Right. And many of you who are listening perhaps still have not returned to an in-person corporate worship mm-hmm, with your church mm-hmm. body. And that is something perhaps you want to start considering. Right. right. You need the, the physical presence of the rest of the body of Christ well, to encourage and, you. And you may have something to offer to bring Absolutely. to someone else to encourage them toward endurance and toward a promised goal right. of rest from God, all those things that God promises. Because I think, you know, the onslaught of all the bad things that go on around us, you need someone who with a clear head is saying to you, but you know, God is faithful. His promises are sound. We can rest on his hope, the confession of our hope. These things are these things are realities. They are bigger realities than these things that threaten your life. Yes, because when we remain in isolation, the only voice we're hearing is our own. Is our own. And right. we use the term an echo chamber, right? We, uh, Yes, God is still speaking. Yeah. Yes, his word is still speaking. And yes, he is still nourishing and sustaining you. But you need, we all need the voice of the body of Christ right. to encourage us. Yeah. So do you realize people encourage you when you come in their presence? And do you realize that God you may be using them. you yeah. Yeah, to encourage them? <laughs> And the degree to which you stay apart from them, you're withholding a voice channel, you know, that God wants to use for you to encourage other people. Indeed. You know, the writer of Hebrews opens the idea here that we, that might even be sin Mm -hmm. to to be staying Mm -hmm. apart. Yeah. Because he says in verse 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving a knowledge of the truth, well, you know, the the idea of not believing God Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is sin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's really what he's talking about here. But it may be 
connected when Might we neglect connected, yeah. acting on the truth that yep. God has revealed. Yep, yep. And and you know, again, I keep coming back to this promise of rest. It's this promise of abundant life mm-hmm. that God mentions, and that's that's connected in the end of twenty five to this day drawing near. Right. That's the day that you enter into that rest. That's the day that the Israelites walked into the promised land. But even for them, that was only a shadow of this reality, right. which is coming into God's promise rest. So we go on deliberately sinning if after knowing that that exists, we keep kind of investing in our life here. Right. And that's what he's talking about in 25. Oh, I like the way you put that, investing in our life here. Yeah. Instead of... Hoping for returns here. So Letting I'm go of our life here, yeah. which he's going to get into in a minute. Yeah. Uh, we better press on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I might mention too, it's a it's a dominant theme when we get into chapter 11. Mm-hmm. So right. it's a big deal. It's a really, really right. big deal. So God did promise, don't get discouraged if it's not coming quick enough for you, but his promise and that hope is still valid and it's quite operable. It's going to happen. So... Should we go into 26? Yep. I can read. Okay. So if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, well, there's no longer, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but Hmm. a fearful expectation of judgment and a, uh, and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. But how much worse punishment do you think? will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged Ooh. the spirit of grace. Oh, could we stop there for a second? Yeah, that's a whole bunch. Well, because again, <laughs> there's a group of three. Yeah, there is, yeah. Uh, this struck me. It says there are three things. How much worse punishment will God, do, do we deserve when mm-hmm. we trample underfoot the son of god what does that mean yeah deem him worthless yeah deem him as uh, as like, valuable as gravel on the ground right jesus yeah. said you know that salt that's lost its saltiness is good for nothing yeah, you just a throw it on the pathway yeah. and and who has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified mm-hmm, means mm-hmm. regarded what is holy as not right 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 yeah and then who has, I, I like this translation, outraged the spirit of grace, mm-hmm. insulted, belittled, been yeah. rude to his face. Yeah. Not just the spirit of power, the spirit of grace. Right. So he's after coming to, give to, to an understanding of the yeah. reality of who Christ is and what he's done, and then we act as though he's worthless. It's nothing. He's not holy and what he's done is nothing. And yeah. I can just ignore him or I can spit in his face. Right, right. God will right. act. And he's hearkening back to some earlier arguments. Remember, he compared Moses and Jesus. Now he's, he's mm-hmm. bringing up Moses and Jesus again, because we, we know that the Jews, you know, they honored Moses. Right. But now he's saying, look, if you honored Moses, and if you deliberately right. went against Moses, that was a bad deal. Something greater than now Moses you, is here. Now you deliberately go against <laughs> Jesus. It's like worse. Right. Which is, which is, that was the underlying thought too in Hebrews 2, where he says, you know, so how, how shall we escape right. if we neglect so great a salvation? You guys need to just there wake up. There is no escape. Yeah, this is a big deal. So if the punishment was bad when you denied the laws of Moses, think of what it's like when you actually deny and outrage the spirit of grace. And mm. I like how he uses that phrase. Spirit of great grace is something he gives you that you don't deserve. You don't deserve. Here's and this, can never deserve. Yeah, here's, here's the spirit trying to give something that you probably would enjoy more than anything else in the universe and all you do is throw it out on the road and people walk on it oh man so oh. he's 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 being he's really amped it up right here 
you know, so in and 30 verse 30 is where I stopped. Well, reading. then he quotes the Old Testament for Man. we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yeah. Right. This yeah. idea of God being the only one who can rightly pay back, rightly judge and sort out to whom mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is owed. Yeah. Um, that's a big idea. Yeah. Vengeance is mine. That's why the Lord says, don't you don't you be taking vengeance into your own hands because it belongs to me. Right. I am the righteous judge. I will sort out yeah, what so is th- right. This is his very sobering conclusion in talking about this new covenant. This isn't an optional thing. This is mm-hmm. this is this is the core path. This is the way. And mm-hmm. don't don't ignore it. Don't trample on it. Don't set it aside and say, well, that might be good for you, but it's not good for me. No, you know, and God is going to follow up on exactly where you stand relative to the new covenant, which is relative to who Jesus is. Mm. Is he your new high priest, the reality of the high priest? Is he the sacrifice who sacrificed for you? Yeah. Is he all those things to you? If not, if you just throw him aside, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God will. Oh, man. Yeah. God will pay back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and in fact, I think he includes this section that starts in 25. You know, if we go on sinning deliberately, right. it doesn't mean when you fall from time to time, it doesn't mean Christians right. are sinless. But if you, he's talking about embracing that life of sin. That's what I talk about investing in the here and now. Yeah. And he had actually talked about this a little bit in chapter three. He did. Yeah. yeah. He very much did. So, so you all who are listening, go back and read that portion when he talks about what it is to uh, as as believers, he warns them, mm-hmm, don't be mm-hmm. turning your back on this truth. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, let me turn to it here for a well, second. Well, and when you're going, it's really the difference when we talk about sin between uh, us sinning when we lie, when we do kind of stuff, right. things that even as believers we regret and we grieve over. But it's different than like you know if you were Al Capone and you took out machine guns and you killed the guy. I mean, you actually <laughs> premeditated. You actually in employed full it. You employed it as a yeah. way of life for you. Okay, so here's people. the passage I was looking for. It's three, twelve, and thirteen. Take care, brethren, lest there should be in any one mm. of you an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. See, this is not something that happens by accident. Right. This is a deliberate turning away. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, lest there be in any one of you. Any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Deceitfulness right? of that sin. Right, that we allow ourselves to be deceived by sin. Oh, sin's offering me a better deal. Right. That's the investment in the here and now. Right. Which is God never going to fulfill. I will sort that out for you. Yeah. Believe yeah. me, because I always do what I say I will do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was his warning <laughs> based on your behavior. <laughs> And then he, he tries to encourage you to kind of harken back to when oh. you first came to know him in 32, you know. So recall the former days when after you were enlightened, right. you, know, you came to know, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. It was tough. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property Ouch. since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession oh, and an abiding one do we really believe that yeah well there's the investment in here now versus that's placing right. hope in the future that's right yeah. and then 35 therefore don't throw away your confidence don't throw away your confidence you know hmm. which has great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of god you may receive what is 
promised. Again, we're, we're still pushing toward right. that goal of the promises of God, that promised rest, that, that Hebrews 4, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Okay, so if we're observing carefully, I saw here another set of three things. Oh. He says, therefore, because of all of this, because God is a God of vengeance, he will sort it out and remember mm-hmm. who you are in him. Therefore, don't throw away your confidence. Remember, what is our confidence? To enter the holy place, the very presence of well, God. And our the confidence blood of in the veracity of God's promises. That's right. Yeah. And, and then uh, you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, hold fast the confession of your hope, which he'd said right at the beginning of the chapter. Which is the point of us gathering together. Right. To help so, one another. Because yeah. God is faithful and he will do what he said he would do. You will receive the promise. Yeah. yeah. So hold fast. Don't throw away your confidence yeah. based on surface suffering or surface persecution. Yeah. It sounds or, like they were having a tough time. Right. And a tough time holding out, you know, for the promise of God. Has it come? When will it come? When will these right. sufferings come to an end? Right. And uh, and that's the reality at the time. Do I? And that, I think that's actually that's the trade-off we make all the time in our present life struggles. Is can I really trust God that His promise for abundant mm-hmm. life is going to happen? Should I still stick with that? Is is He faithful to that? But again, right. that's exactly what the Israelites were questioning as they came up to the right. brink of the promised land. Can I really trust in God's promise that this is going to work? That we'll find abundant life there, or should we take control of the situation, and go back to where we came from? Yeah. And he's talking about the, exactly the same thing right here. Should I go back to the things in this world that are icky and horrible, but I think I've got a better shot at finding abundant life in? So this is where gathering together, not neglecting the gathering together, and confessing our hope to one another is hugely helpful. Very helpful. In strengthening yeah. one another to for the endurance required to get through these days. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's very true. Because like you said, it's it's awfully true that when you're in the depth of a pit of horrible stuff going on in your right. life you can't hardly see anything else. that's right so it is such a wonderful welcome thing when someone comes to you and say look god's promises are trustable right and let's confess together what we know is true yeah. of what jesus has done for us and what god is going to finish well yeah. for us yeah. we will endure because he will bring us through and that takes place best in fellowship yep yep that's the context that it works in and so with that in mind, in terms of encouraging mm. one another, you know, he says in 37, he right. says, for yet a little while, a little while. <laughs> Feels com- like a long time. I know. But in God's view, it's a little while. Yeah, a little while. And the coming one will come and will, will not, not delay. delay. This is what you actually tell one another in the endurance right. discussions. Yeah. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And that's, you know, trusting mm-hmm. what God says. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But as he closes here, he says, but we're not as those who shrink back, no, uh, and, and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Mm-hmm. We are the ones who are taking God at his word, mm-hmm. and God promises us rest and pasture-like existence, Psalm 23. He's promises us abundant life, and I'm going to put my trust by faith in what he says because he's trustable. My faith has a resting place and it's who he is and what he said, and I'm sticking there. 
Well, and as in the next couple of weeks and the next couple of chapters, we're going to talk about the reality of what faith really is. Yeah, it's important right? here. It's resting yeah. on a concrete reality that we can't always see with exactly. our physical eyes. Yeah, it's a key. It's a key pivot he's put in right here, and uh, we already have the example of going into the promised land and mm-hmm. what faith is like there. Uh, and so, what? So, what really is faith? How do I know if I'm actually living by faith, living in constant expectation of God's promises coming true, even though all my circumstances seem to be right. going down, you know, down a hole? But, but how do I, how do I actually live by faith? And so, I think that issue he's brought up now. He's mentioned the word faith a couple times, and right here in verse thirty-nine, I, I think this is what's piquing people's thinking right now. So, what is faith, and how do I actively live in faith on God's promises? And so fasten your seatbelts. So fasten your seatbelts. He's going to give us a concrite definition, and then some very concrete examples yeah, of faith yeah. in that, chapter eleven. That's coming up in chapter eleven. I boy, I recommend you read ahead. A I'm so bit. excited. So I'm so excited about this that I actually have chosen this fall to embark on a ten week study of faith with the local women that I lead. And so um, I'm really excited about refreshing women in their understanding of what it means to live according to an unseen reality. People's understanding of faith can be kind of screwy. Yeah. And so I think the preeminent passage almost everyone goes to to define faith is coming up next week. Yep. In Hebrews. And again, the context is we have a promise from God. It seems like God's being slow bringing that promise right. to fruition. <laughs> and we're going through a lot of hard times. Can I still cling to this promise? And right. remember, for the Israelites, they were 40 years in the desert. Can I can I cling to this promise that God indeed will come good on his promises to me of life? Right. And in the midst of hard times, that's a hard thing to do. Well, and they were, those children of Israel wandering in the desert, were the children of Abraham. Yes. Of whom God had said, Yep. He is a righteous man because he believes me. Yeah. Right? That's what Genesis says of Abraham. Yeah. Uh, Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Right. So faith. And we're going to look at examples of faith. That's what he's going to do. He's going to, again, he's going to hearken back to the common Jewish background of everyone here and say, let me illustrate to you. Right. All these guys you know about in the Old Testament, right? Let me illustrate to you faith in their lives, because faith is not just a new covenant thing. Right. It's an all covenant thing, even from the very beginning. And remember in Hebrews in Hebrews 4, he said, you know, they had good news preached to them in the desert, but the message they heard, it didn't benefit them because it was not united by faith. Didn't connect in their hearts with to faith, with believing listened. that God would do what he said he would do. So that's where we're going to pick up next week. So what is faith? faith? And how do I live a life of faith? rather hmm. than something else. So, and that's a question. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. What does that and mean it, for us? And it is often messed up today. So it'll be just a great time as we look at examples in the Old Testament and try to define what that kind of life looks like. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And man, I'm enjoying this. Oh, we hope you'll be back with us next week. <laughs> yeah, so come back next week as we jump into Hebrews 11 in More, more Than, than Faith. Or More Than Ink. More Than Faith. <laughs> more than I like ink. that better. Yeah, let's do that instead. Okay, we'll see you next week. <laughs>